Black Tree Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black Tree Crime. Hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. I'm Kayla. And I'm Kristen. And this is Black True Crime. If this is your first time here at the show, welcome and hello. What's poppin'? I'm just so happy to be back, y'all. This is what I live for. (laughs) Uh, But no, for real, love you guys, missed you guys. I haven't been too active on social media this week you guys have probably noticed but that's gonna change don't worry about it but yeah before we get started today i just want to say kristen's not feeling the best she works with a lot of kids and if you guys know anything about kids they're gross literally disgusting yeah it's not giving Mm -mm. so excuse her if (laughs) she's sniffing and doing all this and all that throughout or you hear this cough drop being moved in my mouth forgive me for that too yeah but we love you so do whatever you gotta do to feel better also shout out to queen bee's treats i don't know if you see it do you see it Kristen, are you joking? You have a shirt and I don't. You do have one. She gave it to you. It's in my closet. Shout out to Queen Bee's Treats. She came and set up a table at the True Crime Convention. Sold out, I believe, and made me that phenomenal birthday cake. So if you guys want to hit up somebody for treats, phenomenal cakes, hit up Queen Bee. Yes. And we might have to get Queen Bee to be a vendor at one of our shows because we are going on tour, you guys, early next year. Oh, God. I know that sounded sexual, but that's how, like, fucking excited I am. Wow. To get outside and see my people. You guys are going to be outside, okay? And <laughs> famous, famous, in popular East Coast cities, okay? Yeah. Get ready. Kayla, where are we going? We are going to Houston first. Ooh. Ooh. And then I haven't decided the order of the next four yet, but you guys will know on November 1st when the tickets go live. So we're going to go to Houston, Atlanta, Tampa, Brooklyn, and Richmond. So did y'all hear that? (laughs) Houston, Texas, Tampa, Florida, Atlanta, Georgia, Brooklyn, New York, and Richmond, Virginia. Chrissy, you make everything sound so old. I don't know. It's it's a gift and a curse. But yes, y'all, we're going to be there. Tickets are going to go live November 1st. We're planning for the tour to start early March, I believe. I'm sorry, late March? Mid to early to late March. Okay, you guys? (laughs) (laughs) Tune in to more info. You guys will know all of this information on November 1st. And remember, this is just our first leg of the tour. We still have to hit the the Midwest, you know, where we were born and conceived. We got to hit the West Coast. We got to do our thing. So, yeah, that's just the first leg. The other tickets for the second leg and the third leg will be available on January 1st for sale. So You know what? Yeah. I'm not even going to roll my eyes at the Midwest because I feel like the Midwest is often forgotten. Okay? Shout out to St. Louis, Missouri. Shout out to Chicago, Illinois. Shout out to Wisconsin. You heard? Mm-hmm. They're out there and they're listening. And we love you guys. We do. We do. So we got to come out there and see you. If you're a Patreon member, you get $10 off your ticket no matter what tier you're on. So take advantage of that. We'll be posting the coupon code on Patreon this weekend. Holy shit. Yeah. So just prepare yourselves to eat, to drink, to kick it with us and have a good time. Talk about you crap. Do y'all even want to kick it with us? Like, that's the question. We need to take a poll. (laughs) Great question. But I guess, you know, from the numbers every week it's giving y'all fuck with us so if you fuck with us come see us and hang out we are friendly in person Mm -hmm. and real fine no shade okay Mm -hmm. 
Kristen, Kristen, please reel me in. I'm already getting crazy. Right. Look at her. I told Kayla she looks like Danny Phantom's ex-wife, ex-girlfriend, looking over here like a delicious caramel <laughs> piece of something. Kristen, please. With this black hair. Mm. Okay. There we go. So, yeah. November 1st. Super excited. This is the longest we've taken to actually get into an episode. Sorry, y'all. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. The hip-hop culture has made an immeasurable impact on the international music industry and, in turn, the youth of today. Many only aim to fit in with their friends by learning every word to their favorite song, but there are some that will go the extra mile to emulate the lyrics they hear. So join us today as we take a trip to Canada and discuss an aspiring rapper who killed for clout, Mr. Murder Mark more and thank you to listener drea for recommending this case thanks drea are you from canada let us know i think drea is from canada she sent me a couple of canadian cases so period every time should we come up to canada let us know some people said we should kristen we have to get our passports first yeah you guys we are some domestic hoes okay we need a passport (laughs) we don't leave america no We barely leave our houses. (laughs) To be fair. Anyway. Mark Garfield Moore, a.k.a. Sparky, a.k.a. El Presidente, was born on March 10th, 1986 in Canada. Kristen, what happened on March 10th, 1986 in Black History? I really wish you would have told me that we were doing Canada. Because I could have been using all of this time to research what black history has been going on in Canada during 1986. I'm sorry. That was my fault. Okay. But anyway, y'all. Sorry, Canada. I don't have anything for you other than one of the states close to y'all, Chicago, (laughs) Illinois. They basically were in this phase of like house music. And for those of you guys who don't know house music, house music is a type of music that uses beats sporadic drums not really a lot of singing and things like that mostly just beats drums a little bit of piano here and there to make music kayla get it together because i'm sorry i'm trying to do like house music i can find some and send you a link later (laughs) sorry for those of you guys who didn't know house music actually originated from Chicago, Illinois, and it got his name. Well, several people say different stories on how house music became house music. But one of the stories is basically there was this club called the warehouse, which was surprisingly a club where a lot of black gay men were primarily clubbers there. And they were actually playing house music before it was house music. Now this is in the grunge of Chicago, Illinois, back in 1986, they were getting down to the get down one of the djs dj frankie knuckles um basically began that was his name i wonder if he dj with his knuckles because it's giving everything so dj frankie knuckles was like look the people that come here like these little songs aren't long enough to keep them upbeat so he started splicing together different records boom And then he did a little twist to it, and then boom, you had house music. So people started coining the term, yo, that's the kind of music you play down at the warehouse. And then it turned into, that's the type of music you play at the house, house music. Kristen, shut your face and get slapped up and down. You won't slap me, but this is so cool. I love this so much. I thought it was so interesting. Um, So that was just a little snippet on house music. It originated in Chicago, Illinois by what society probably thought back then was a bunch of sweaty black men. Um, (laughs) And they were turning up at the club. Very Kristen. Oh, and shout out to DJ Frankie Knuckles, who <laughs> is considered the godfather of house music. Did um, you just look that up? I'm Googling him right now. He died <laughs> at the age of 59. It was in 2014, I believe, or 2015. Yeah, 2014. So shout out to him. Rest in peace, DJ Frankie Knuckles. Kristen, I fucking loved this. Okay, I'm this glad. is what I'm talking about. This is the type of shit you give us. 
Period. So we gotta talk about whippings and slangs and you know what I'm saying. I was telling you I was getting sick of that, so I decided to twist it up and have some fun things to talk about relating to Black people. Thank you, sister, for that trip down history lane. Of course. Okay, so Mark Garfield born March 10th, 1986. He grew up with a single mother who had several children. So I never was able to find the record of like how many, but I know she had at least four. Okay, sis, that sounds like something I want. I would have wanted to do. I'm Mm -hmm. second guessing that actually. Kristen's reconsidering. Mm -hmm. I also found that at least one of them named Jerome Moore had his own issues with the law. He'd apparently stole a car from a dealership in 2009 and then later crashed said car into a police cruiser. I don't be understanding. <laughs> and Did you not he, see the cruiser? Did you choose to do it anyway? What happened? It, don't dwell on the details, sis. Mm. <laughs> don't dwell. Either way, he was put in prison for this. And at the, to- at the time of the murders, spoiler alert, he would still be in prison. Mm. Another one of Mark's siblings named Taymon. Taymon. Mm. Okay. Was- was shot in the stomach in 2009 when they were just 16 years old. But they survived. That's good. What were these brothers into? Like, I was Were they in the to... hood of Canada? I was just about to say next that I wasn't able to find too much about their childhoods. And I feel like that's a running theme with our episodes lately, but it's okay. But based on what we already know about what his older siblings were going through, they were probably in the streets. They had a single mother trying to take care of a plethora of children. So I'm sure they weren't living in like the biggest house or anything. They might've been struggling paycheck to paycheck and the kids may have just been left to their own devices on the streets. Yep. Shout out to all the single moms out here doing it and doing it and doing it well. Period. We love you guys and we respect it to the T. And I pray I'm never, ever a single mom. Mm-mm, mm-mm. We couldn't handle it, Kristen, could we? I mean, I could handle being a single mom completely. T- let me not have to deal with a man. Please, please bless me. No shade. <laughs> love Terrell, but no shade. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But in 2001, some really fucked up shit happened. So at just 17 years old, Mark got shot in the face with an AK-47 after he and one of his brothers were ambushed in a shooting. Jeez Louise, Canada! I didn't know y'all was like that. Oh, they get down, sister. They get down. His brother was killed as a result. So this is what I read, okay? I read it in multiple publications, but I couldn't... F- find like their mother saying it i couldn't find a death certificate or or anything like that or even the named brother that lost their life but i did see that his brother lost his life as a result but mark obviously did not and he had to undergo six surgeries to his face to piece it back together wow are you gonna give us a picture now that's why i was holding off on the picture sis so this is what he looks like post-surgeries post I guess really habilitation because this was just how he looked <laughs> up until whenever. Amen. No, they did a good job. He took a AK-47 to the face. To the face and came out still looking somewhat kind of handsome. And he gets to, oh, Kristen, please. And he can still talk and has most of his teeth. So that's great. He looked like a chocolate jelly bean. Okay. Well, and that resonates to you or translates to you as attractive (laughs) well yeah he's cute and somebody i would be like i wouldn't pay no mind but i would look at him (laughs) mark would later claim that this event was the catalyst in his life that this is why he turned to the streets and he couldn't get a regular job you know because of the stuff that happened to his face But he was already well known by the police before he even got shot. So can't really blame anything on the fact that your face was a little bit deformed. Because to be real, they hiring anybody at Winn-Dixie, you know. How do you even know Mark got a Winn-Dixie where he at? I'm about to name all of them, Kristen. Publix, (laughs) Heb, uh, what No! Don't you dare say Heb. 
Well, before our people come for you, you know, doggone well it's H E B. Well, we've we've been here a couple weeks. Give us a second. Mm. But yeah, so like you know, oh, I'm just saying work. they they're not supposed to discriminate. So he would have got discriminated against, but he had right. big dreams, and we'll get into it. Okay. By the way, Mark was kind of smart as well. So in school, he graduated with like honors. He was taking honors classes. Kristen, you can relate. Okay, Mark. Okay, then don't tell my business. Oh. <laughs> well, he had honors when he graduated and he actually went to a secondary school um, to further his education for a while. Mark. Uh, huh. Yeah. But I don't know how long that lasted because somewhere in the mix, I don't know if it was when he was younger, growing up with older brothers, whatever the situation was, he got introduced to rap, you know, in that gangster rap scene. Okay, Mark. Like at the end of the day, who hasn't been introduced to rap? Name, show me a person who doesn't know a rap song. I will embarrass myself right now and tell you guys the first rap song I ever heard. Do you want to know? Yeah, I want to know. It was Get Back, Get Back, you know, Know Me Like That. It was a ludicrous song. And yeah, I don't know what year it was, but that should date me. Because (laughs) me and Chris were in the cult, to be fair. So we were super, super, like, sheltered. Okay, I've never heard you say we've been in a cult like that. That scared me. But yeah, real talk. And my first rap song was You Can Have Whatever You Like. Yeah, by T.I. Chris, are you serious? And it was my favorite song for like the next seven years. (laughs) Wow, Mm -hmm. we are. Wow. (laughs) But we digress. Wow, Kristen. That's that's totally different spectrums. <laughs> wow. I Mind you, you, I didn't listen to my first rap song until like seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. I love you, like I said. Yeah, love you okay. too. All right. So basically, since we have nothing about his upbringing and since he was still super young when he was committing these murders... The only thing I can really tell you guys from this time in his life is he was really heavily into music and he was also heavily into the street life. So he was robbing, you know, he was thieving, he was breaking into jewelry stores, stuff like that, and really coming out with some cheddar change. Mm. We're going to talk about it a little bit more, but he was able to get away with stealing $500,000 worth of jewelry. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. he was Talk about hitting a lick. Huge lick. A cow lick. So that's pretty much all I have to say before we get into the really nitty gritty stuff. So here we go. It's really sad. Let's just get into it. But really quick. I just wish these thugs out here in these streets would be like, you know what? Let's play Robin Hood. Like, let's mm-hmm. rob. Let's thug. Mm-hmm. But let's hit the people who ain't gonna miss it. You know, let's not kill random people that we don't know just cause or gang banging all that. Let's just rob folks that got enough money that they won't miss this little cheddar change. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But that would just imply that they gave a shit about the people in the first place. And since they don't, I can speak for this motherfucker. He really doesn't give a shit. You know, it's hard to expect anything like that of them, Mm. of him, especially. Okay, Mike, what did you do? Oops, Mark. Mark did a lot of terrible things. 27-year-old Jamil Spence was shot in the head, just kill shot. And then after, he was in like a laneway, and that's kind of what they consider an alley in Canada. And um, he was shot, and then the killer shot into him several more times. So in total, 15 rounds were shot at him. For what? What did he do? Kristen, he didn't do anything. Thing. He didn't do anything. Uh, wow. Jamil was a hardworking father of two, and he was engaged to, to their mother, Siobhan, who he'd been with for over seven years. Oh, no. According to the people that loved him, he was going to Trebas Institute to study audio engineering so he could learn to make music. He was a peacemaker. He had no enemies, and he wasn't like a street 
Negro. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't trying to push that narrative or pretend to be that. He just loved music, was providing for his children, and just Jamil. Oh, Jamil. Rest and lost his life just randomly as fuck. He was shot and killed after leaving a party at his mother-in-law's house to get some juice from a gas station for one of his kids. Like, come on. That- wasn't doing nothing, wasn't bothering nobody. I wonder if he was affiliated with Mark in any way because of the music. He could have been, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that he was associated with anything illegal, anything that should have led to his death nothing like that right so rest in peace to jamil rest in peace jamil three weeks later on september 29th 18 year old courtney facey and 23 year old mike james were shot to death at a laneway courtney and mike were good friends who loved to dance together and that's what they were doing at the time in the alley when they died dancing in an alley well yeah you know sometimes It sounds more sketchy than it was, but, you know, when you live in an area that doesn't have grass, that doesn't have facilities you can just go to, you got to turn in, you know, turn a street into whatever you can. Yeah. And that's what they were doing. So they were just having innocent fun as semi-grown men and they lost their lives. So Courtney was actually still in high school and planned to become a tradesman afterward. He had a little nephew on the way that he never got to meet, but the baby was named in Courtney's honor. Court, rest in peace, you lovely, lovely, lovely boy. Unfortunately, he was shot multiple times and died at the scene from his injuries. And for what? I don't even think they stole anything from them. They just shot why am i saying they i know who it was mark just shot him for no fucking reason and then shot the dude he was dancing with oh we're gonna get into mike so mike was a dad of a two-year-old named trayvon and actually at mike's funeral trayvon saw his dad in the casket and said shh daddy is sleeping oh god my heart kristen i'll knock all this shit over that poor baby wow Mike was trained to be a chef. He'd recently graduated from Humber College Chef School, and he was even a part of a team that got to cook for the queen when she visited. Oh my goodness. Yep. Just minding your business, and somebody comes along and thinks they have the right to take your life. I don't even think if it's the right. They just don't give a fuck enough to value your life enough. You know, and all of this is giving super random like it's not giving targeted jamil's death was super random what the fuck is the point right literally what is the point when mike was 12 and living in granada which is in the caribbean 60 percent of his body was burned in a fire and he had to spend the next two years having surgeries rehabilitating and dealing with the emotional trauma of it all Mm, wow mike had a story Mike had gone through a lot, and he also lost his hearing as a result of his injuries. And at the same time, he was relocated, him and his family, to Scarborough, Canada, when Mike was only 14, and he had to get used to, like, a new school. He was just going through a lot of transitional types of things in that point in his life, and I'm not sure a lot of people could have dealt with it as well as he did. Absolutely not, Kayla. (laughs) People will cry over literally losing- Literally, I was about to say, literally losing their student ID and they're fussing. Ooh. I deal with babies. I tell them they can't have ice cream. They throw a fit. Kristen, cut out. Real talk. <laughs> I believe it, but also just cut out. They need to cut out. But yeah, he went through so much at such a young age, but he also found a love for dancing. And that love for dancing turned into a passion. And despite him being deaf, he... I mean, if you see him dance, Kristen, he didn't miss a beat. You couldn't tell that he couldn't see. See or hear? You couldn't tell that he couldn't hear. He said it so confidently. (laughs) So, yeah, Mike could get jiggy with it, okay? Mm. Better than most. And the worst part of, I think, all of this, I mean, not to say the worst because he lost his life, but he was shot in the back. So Mike didn't even probably hear his killer come up on him 
it's more looking like Courtney probably saw it, but didn't have much time to react. And then it just, you know, happened to Mike. Just corny. Mark is very corny right now. Just an utmost corn ball. Absolutely. And he's a victim of gun violence. So why would you even perpetrate this on people that are completely fucking innocent? Like, what is this about? Is it being cute? Because you too grown for that, Mark. At this point, how old is he doing committing these crimes? Um, This is happening in 2010. So he's about, I want to say 24. Mm-hmm. Family members arrived to the scene and one was on the phone with Mike's mom. They approached officers at the scene to try to find out what happened. And when officers spoke to Mike's mom, they lied and said that he'd only been shot in the butt. So, you know, naturally she's like, okay, like, whew, that's something he can recover from. It may not be too bad. Although she was still concerned. Yeah. But in reality, they just didn't want to share the horrible news over the phone. So when she went to the hospital, she immediately saw Courtney's mom outside already screaming. My God. So it just gave her bad vibes already. And when she got to Mike's room, he was laying there and she could see that he was still fighting to stay alive. And she just didn't expect him to be in that bad of shape. Kayla, this is like crazy. This is really sad. And it just really, 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 really sucks. Because like, how can we have so much empathy for this person? For the mom, you know, for Courtney, just looking and then somebody shooting him, you know, Mike. And then the person who did it has none. Right. How, how do you get that cold? Mike would later die in the hospital. And just for the record, both men, so Mike and Courtney, had no criminal records. They weren't associated necessarily with criminals or anything like that. Didn't even really know what's this fool's name, Mark, and were just victims of happenstance. That sucks. The world is so freaking cruel. Yep. And it gets crueler, because on November 24th, Carl Cole was killed 200 meters away from where Jamil died. And Jamil was the first person that we know of that shitbag killed. Mm. Carl. He was. <laughs> first of all, let's say that, you know, no matter what. <laughs> I mean that. First of all, no matter what. Carl looks like. <laughs> Lord, please forgive us. Lord, please forgive us. Everybody out there, forgive us as well because... Y'all, this message got me delirious, so just don't mind me. Kristen is off the NyQuil. Dayquil. The syrup. (laughs) But, wow. Okay. And to be fair, you know, at first glance, you would think that we'd be talking about him committing some type of murder, right? If we're just going based off of surface judgments. Right. And, you know... Like I said, forgive us, y'all. Go to Black True Crime Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook, and you'll see the picture that we're talking about. You'll kind of get our vibe. But it doesn't mean that he should have been killed, period, point blank. Kayla, he probably was the best person. He probably had the cutest smile, the most sincere personality, and just has a mean RBF. You know, and we're going to talk about what people close to him thought about him. So. Unfortunately, Carl was killed. He was shot 27 times, 15 with um, a 9mm pistol and 12 with a 45 caliber weapon. So was there two shooters? No, it was a person with, I guess, two guns. I'm not really sure, but the 45 caliber weapon was the one that gave the final blow that was fatal and it was to the head. 27 times 27 times for what like we said at the top clout all we can say from even me knowing everything about the case it's giving clout chaser fake gangster doing what they can to make it realer it's like if you're gonna be fake be fake go all just be out fake. with the fakeness you know just be yeah. fake don't try to imitate but that's what they're gonna do Every you killing random people that didn't do nothing to you. You think you're going to get clout for that? People are going to no. look at you and be like, you're weak. You kill innocents? That doesn't give anything that at all. anybody would want to stand on. You know, even drug dealers are like, don't use your own drugs. Like, don't 
be on drugs because that makes you unreliable. So mm-hmm. killing r- innocent people makes you like a, nuts. Uh, Liability. Criminal? That part. Yeah. Even criminals have a code. And if you don't have a code, you're not a real criminal. No. Everyone has to have a code. Everybody has to have a baseline of where they won't go. Right. So Carl was 45 years old when he died. He was a father of three and he was married to his wife for 27 years. Wow. So so long time. He was adored by his kids. His wife called him her very best friend. And his daughter Shamika said that, quote, my dad's greatest joy was seeing us going to school in the mornings. Oh, Kayla. Kristen, that wasn't even our dad's greatest joy. So no. that must have been really beautiful. I mean, he had girls. He was a girl dad. Yeah. You know, yeah. we love I, those. Everyone loves a girl dad. Rest in peace, Carl. Rest in peace, Carl. Oh, also, Carl didn't even have a criminal record. So what's it giving? Well, you're not even fire, fighting fire or fire. You, right. you, what is you doing? Like you mess with people that didn't even, don't even know who you are. Didn't even think twice about you. Didn't even see you coming. Yeah. But that may be what he got off on or what was easiest for him to push the narrative that he wanted pushed, which is I'm a killer. You know what I'm saying? All murders were investigated separately and the similarities in the cases weren't noticed at first. Police were able to find a black BMW SUV fleeing the scene of Mark and Courtney's murder and made an appeal to the public. But before they could even do that, on October 9th, police received a call that someone had just heard gunshots coming from a nearby schoolyard. And when they looked out their window, they saw a black SUV fleeing the scene. When police responded to the scene, they found 45 caliber shell casings near the back of the school with impact marks like on the school building. Okay, so he was practicing. Who the fuck shoots at a school? A completely unhinged Donkey Kong. That's what it's giving. I'm telling you, straight cornball. The officer also noticed a little puddle of spit near the shell casings and thought that it could be connected to the shooter. Okay, whoever noticed that spit, right on. Right on. The shells found at the school also matched the shell casings used in Carl's murder, and the 9mm used in Carl's murder was found to be the same gun used in Courtney, Mike, and Jamil's murders. Bing, bing, and bing. Bing, bing, bong. They got him. Bing, (laughs) dong. Period. A couple weeks later, on March 10th, Mark's birthday, he was out celebrating at a club where police would later be called to after Mark started popping shots off. He was like shooting at the ceiling because he got into an argument with other attendees. Okay. So let's just take another look at him. I'm going to put the picture back on the screen. He just gives, I have a point to prove. I have a point to prove. My mouth is jacked up. And I have a point to prove. He's giving, I'm a big ass kid. Um, and my and bottom jaw seen. don't move. That's what he gives. <laughs> I have a point to prove because my bottom jaw don't move. Like, that's what it's giving. Not her making an ABC sing with me song. <laughs> well, regardless of all of that, mm-hmm. he's doing too much. Yeah. Taking it. To the extreme of killing innocent people is just unforgivable. And now you're in the club shooting up the club. And now you're in the club shooting up the club. It's your birthday and you're probably off the Casamigos bitch. Acting Mm. crazy. Put him under the jail. He's doing too much. Yeah, you can't trust that he's going to be rehabilitated because he doesn't give that. No. He doesn't give that he could be rehabilitated at all. No, he gives, oh, this is fun. Mm-hmm. The security guard present that night said that he witnessed Mark walk to the parking garage and drive off in a black BMW SUV. Mm-hmm. So he clearly has a favorite car that he likes to use and is taking it everywhere, doesn't care if he gets caught or not. What Clink. goes through their minds, Kristen? Oh, I'm going to drive the same car to every murder scene. I really feel like they don't think eyes are on them. But if you're killing, which is fair, right? Which mm-hmm. is fair. But when you're 
becoming a serial killer because at this point what he's killed four people you're a silly serial killer my guy Mm -hmm. and you're getting very lazy and then with the turn of the century with all of this technology and stuff i mean cameras are on your ass with everything so he just wasn't very careful and for him to be so smart it was like he wanted to be seen he wanted people to know eventually that it was him yeah, and that's why I say he did it for clout because it seems like that's that was the ultimate goal all along. Killing for clout. Who would have thought that was a thing? Oh, this is Chris. It's been a thing for as long as I feel like at least the cell phone came out, at least the existence of Facebook. And I'm actually going to try to find more cases and post them on our Instagram at Black True Crime Podcast. And probably on our TikTok too, and talk about, oh yeah, people kill for clout, for internet clout, which is the worst. So yeah, they found that he had this BMW driving around. They figure out, because the security guard reported this, that it's Mark driving this car, but police still didn't have Mark in custody, and he wasn't arrested until weeks later. Oh, what happened in those weeks that he was out on these streets? Nothing that was reported, nothing that has been at least connected to him as of right now. But when he was arrested, he was charged with four murders along with other offenses. So I know we've looked at him, but I really want to give you guys an idea of what type of man we're dealing with. So I'm just going to play a clip from behind the scenes of one of his videos. My family over here, essay out here. One touch, my brother right here, out here, one touch, really know what time it is. I'm saying we're getting this money, that's what it is, dog. You know what I mean? Out here, share my video shoot right now, you know what I'm saying? Shoot to get this money, you already know what time it is. Gotta stay frosty, you know, for you niggas, you know. I mean. You said you get the money, literally i'm looking at him and i'm like (laughs) poser like immediately i just thought like what if rick ross met a dude like this rick ross would look at him really if y'all don't get this man out of my face like he's just not giving i'm about to say to some rick ross is a poser which is even worse because like if a poser is looking at another poser and be like you ain't that means you really ain't (laughs) i agree i also feel like he's on more so on the level of like Fila, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was gonna say young jock. Oh <laughs> that's giving him a lot, bitch. Take a couple seats. I'm cracking up. I'm gonna keep it real with you every time. Okay. But yeah, you know, he's get he's literally giving generic using whatever phrase he feels like hard niggas would use i mean i'm gonna keep it real like we have been around some niggas that you know would would probably pop you but they're not walking around like that you know it doesn't have to give that right and those are the type of negroes that you should really be concerned about you should really be watching your back about the ones who are quiet the ones who got it but don't show it the ones who don't flaunt it the real type of people that are really about that life and i can't lie as soon as i found out that he was stealing from jewelry stores bitch every time i see him in some jewelry i'm like he stole it he stole all of it he didn't pay for that and he size it he didn't that's why it's all loose that's why that thing is (laughs) braces hanging (laughs) also shout out fire love alexandra (laughs) there is a song because should we play it at the end? We have to play it. What is he going to do? Sue us? No, he's not going to sue us. He's not. If anything, this is giving him exposure. He used to be a plug of ours. No shade. Are we blowing up his spot? He doesn't care. He was a plug of ours at some time of our life. And he, you know, does music too. And he was a little special needs. It was giving special needs. And, you know, we support all black small businesses. And that's just what it is. <laughs> And to be honest, the song goes hard. Yeah. Like, it really... <laughs> Kristen, we'll it get to really it. It really gives. We'll get to it. 
I know people usually like to wait until the new year to make positive changes, but that's too far away for me. And I've recently been feeling motivated to be more intentional in everything that I do. I'm writing down my goals instead of just typing them. I'm creating to-do lists to keep me focused, you know, just small changes that will make a big difference. But I'm also going to be incorporating something called Magic Mind. It's a matcha-based energy shot that's specifically designed to fight off procrastination, brain fog, and fatigue. Hi, all three of me. They're having a 14-day challenge right now. I'm on day one and I'm excited to see improvements. I'm going to be honest with you guys regardless. And if you want to try this challenge with me, go to magicmind.com and use our code BLACK14 for 20% off your order. I'll give you guys an update in next week's episode and I really look forward to it. Okay, back to this case. So police eventually arrested his ass a couple weeks later and he was charged with four murders along with a bunch of other shit. So it was totaling 54 charges. Oh, period. Yeah. And at the end of it, he was held without bail. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Now, just because police had Mark in custody doesn't mean their investigation was over. So they were doing anything they could to gather more evidence against Mark, including tricking his ass. So on the anniversary of Jamil's murder, shout out to Jamil. Shout out Jamil. And his family, period. Police held a press conference naming a blue Honda as the car the suspect was driving on the night of the murders and to be on the lookout for it. Now, this was a lie because police really didn't know what car he he drove to the scene. And Mark owned a blue Honda and a BMW SUV. So, <laughs> yeah, Kristen. Oh, so they really are setting him up. Mm-hmm. They're basically waiting for him to snitch on himself. And because he's in prison and still has all these phone calls he can make to people in his life to who still have the power to i guess cover up some shit for him they're on his ass yeah after carl's murder mark had painted the blue honda black but hadn't had a chance to take the car registration to canada's version of the dmv to get the color change officially documented and they were able to get mark on tape talking to his girlfriend saying this i want to bring that the, the honda papers in Oh, okay. I changed the color of it. Hi. Yeah, fine, are you? Okay. I like to change the color. Instead of blue, it's black. Cool. Okay. All right. So the last part of the conversation was literally the girlfriend at the office telling the people, like she was on the phone with him while he's in prison, changing the color of the wow. car. And it'd be these... It'd be, it be some sleazy women behind these sleazy men. Yeah. And we can always look at it and be like, oh, they're the victim. No, they're not. Because at some point, you can't sit here and tell me that as a grown woman, a man has changed what you th- know to be wrong, changed it into what you know to be right. I mean, it's possible, but we can't give everybody that excuse. And like, I get it. We all love a little thug. You know, I went through my thug phase very early. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm glad I did. And I'm glad I came out on the other side. But one thing I never was was no fool about no law. I knew I wouldn't want to go to jail. So I didn't get too deep. But these girls out here getting deep. Risking it all from for some mediocre dick and it's no shade no fate even if it's top notch nothing is worth your freedom and most of these women already have kids and that's obviously not stereotyping but i'm gonna keep it real usually you'd stay down for a man that you have already seen or has already proven to you that they can provide for you and your kids or your family or whatever you got going on those are the women that i really feel like get wrapped up into shit like this and and like I said, I get it. Everybody wants to live the fast life one at one point in their life. But it's also like, you got to think about the repercussions, dude. Yeah. This yeah. dude will literally run you under the road in 2.3 seconds. He's killed yeah. others. You think he won't turn his gun on you? If you do mm-hmm. something, come and on. And he's barely 25, Kristen. Like, I'm 27 right now. Could you imagine? Like, bitch, no. no. I have so much life to live. You think I'm going to ruin it? 
over some clout? Goodbye. No, thanks. And once police had a subpoena to actually take the Honda into custody, this was his reaction. Yeah, for all of these, that's what they're saying, for this. Okay, they said I murdered her, right? Yeah. Anything that you say could be used against, could be used against me, I know that. Do not say nothing, even the simplest question, the smallest question, do not answer. I always told you, when cops come to your door, slam your f- door. You don't need to talk to them or nothing. You don't need to talk to them. So basically, he's trying to cover his tail. And it's not his car, it's hers. I don't know if it's hers or his i'm not really sure what the whole logistics of it is but regardless the evidence that the prosecution has proves that he was the one that was there he was the one that was committing these crimes so he's going so hard all about a car that wasn't even there (laughs) well to be fair it actually was because he would end up literally admitting later he said i read that the person that did the shooting or the killing or whatever ran back to where their car was so the car wasn't even parked out front it was parked like around the block that's what he said on the call but he also said quote this is what i don't understand bro loyalty over dishonor how can they try to break something that's not breakable how are they trying to come between me and you you as my girl trying to break you to try to tell stuff about me end quote well he's telling on himself in a lot of different ways i think so he's locked up so then Mm -hmm. what so yeah he's locked up by the way i got these clips from a show called crime beat they did an episode on this case it was season three episode eight you guys can go watch it it's on check it out Mm -hmm. but yeah so he's locked up at this time and other people get locked up too so his mom claimed he was innocent of all these crimes claimed someone just had a vendetta on him but her ass would soon be arrested herself she destroyed evidence that connected mark to jamil's murder and the jewelry store robberies he committed earlier the same year she probably had some jewelry he done stole and knew he stole it oh she probably definitely benefited from it But despite all the odds being stacked against Mark, he wasn't going down without a fight and was desperately trying to get himself off for his crimes. Mm -hmm. So much so that he actually called Crime Stoppers from prison pretending to be someone else while claiming that the person they had in custody did not commit the murder. So listen to this, you guys. Toronto Crime Stoppers, how may I help you? Hey, hi, how you doing? Not bad, how are you? Okay, my name is Christopher Parker. I know that that person did not do those murders. How do you know? How do I know? Because I heard to the grapevine who did those murders. Kayla, not him saying Christopher Parker. (laughs) He didn't even try to open his mouth a little bit more, so we didn't know that it was him. It sounds like him. Just like him. So he went on to say, quote, I heard through the grapevine who did those murders, right? There were two shooters, one with the nickname Slinky and the other known as Reds. Not this Mark dude at all. Cops got it all wrong. He's not that type of guy who would do something like that because he's a really, really nice guy. Like, I know it's not him. Almost put my life on it that it's not him. And now he's (laughs) snitching, talking about some Reds and some Slinky. I don't know where this is in the street code. I feel like the street code basically teaches you don't open your mouth about nothing. Just let the legal system take its process. Hire a good fucking attorney, whatever. But he, like I said, he's really trying hard. He went on to say, quote, the police been having a vendetta on this guy and guess they try to throw the murders on him, which is really wrong. I don't know why they throw these murder charges on him because I know there's no evidence against him about these murders. I don't know why they'll pin it on him. Okay, you talk too much, as most rappers do. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to oversell it. He even said, like, it hurts me because I know it's not that guy. That's all I wanted to call and say. So that's really just what it was. I could know nothing about this case and be like, maybe this person has something to do with this case. (laughs) That part. 
if I was a crime stopper person, if I was a crime stopper person on the other line, I would have been like, mm, click, hold on one second, three way. Somebody I know from the <laughs> precinct. Check this guy out. What did you say your name was? I really be trying to get the tea on him because it just wasn't giving convincing. Goodbye. Okay, so around the same time Mark is getting locked up for these murder charges, a man named Kenya Smith was being acquitted of murder charges. Okay. For the murder of Andre Moore, one of Mark's brothers. Girl, I found this digging, digging, digging. So, according to the 33-year-old construction worker, Kenya was selling weed and living with his mother in an apartment building on Mason Road in Scarborough. Mm -hmm. And this was in 2008. He said Andre Moore, who was banging bloods at the time, was selling crack in the same building. And one day that summer, Andre attempted to rob Kenya. Ooh. He even shot at Kenya, but missed and hit the wall instead. Mm-hmm. Kenya said he never reported this attempt on his life because he was afraid of Andre and Mark and that they had a reputation of being crazy. Okay. And let me just show you what Andre was giving. Because if you see him, it's giving oh, crazy. Gosh. Kristen, what is it giving? A black Chucky. <laughs> Thank you. It's giving From unhinged. little Rugrats. Thank you. <laughs> Mother Chucky, you thought it was. <laughs> but yeah, it's giving a deranged Chucky mixed with Chucky. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can understand why he may have been scared of them. And Kenya was so scared that he decided to move away. He moved into an apartment with his sister's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But he still had to visit his mom's house to watch his little brother sometimes. So there was still a chance he could run into them, which is why he started carrying a pistol. Okay. I can understand that. One plus two equals three. Right. Well, come October 14th, 2008, Kenya was visiting his mother's house when he saw Andre sitting in his car. Mm -hmm. Not Kenya's car, Andre's own car. So Kenya claims he was walking by it and he thought Andre was reaching for a gun. So he pulled his out and just started shooting him. Dang. Yeah. Kenya said, quote, I was scared for my life. I closed my eyes and shot through the glass. I didn't see where I shot him. Okay. Well, you know, Kenya, what can I say? You were prepared. Even if you were over prepared. Yeah, and if this is true with the attack that he already experienced at the hands of Andre, I can understand that, right? Yeah, at that point, it's like, okay, if it's up, then it's stuck, and it's my life or yours when I see you, period. It would have been great if he reported to police, but I digress. Mm -hmm. Like he said, he was scared, and it's reasonable. And by the way, Andre is the same person that was suspected of the attempted murder of Mark in 2001. His own bro- Wait, what? His own brother, yes. Yes. Okay, this is a hot mess. Yes. Can you be- Oh, God. That's why I say, look at him again, Chris. Don't put him on screen again. Kayla, I see him. He's a nut. He doesn't even seem like everything is... It doesn't seem like the light's on. Yeah, like, he, he looks like what Kanye West would look like if he really went crazy. Like, full-blown <laughs> crazy. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, all Kanye would have to do is just pick his hair out, bitch. And they will be on the same short bus. No shade, no fade. You don't Everyone like needs help, you know. What'd you say, Kristen? You don't like Kanye. I I love him as a good Christian woman should. <laughs> However, he, if I catch him on the street, bitch, he's going to have to go toe-to-toe with me. Oh, wow. On behalf of George Floyd and his family. Period. <laughs> All right. So now we're at his trial. We're at Mark's trial. Kevin Williams, a.k.a. Mayhem, he was the guy that was actually in the tail end of that video that I played earlier. 
So Mayhem is a rapper that was actually in one of the videos that I played earlier in this episode, and he kind of did a collab with Mark, who, Mm -hmm. like we already said, goes by El Presidente. And Mayhem was more established in the music industry. So they were kind of using each other at the same time. Mark was using him for more exposure, and Kevin was using Mark for... I guess more connections and support in the gangster rap scene. Kevin in the gangster rap scene. I can't. <laughs> Kevin, nothing about Kevin gets gangster rap. You like nothing at all. He looks like he's a nice guy, or he would have mm-hmm. been if he had accepted who he really was. So Kevin was actually present when Mike and Courtney were killed by Mark. What? What was he doing? The- So they were pretty cool. They were pretty close, you know, just for business purposes, like I already said. And he was in the car when it happened, but never said anything, never reported anything to police, which is what would get him in hot water a little later. So after Jamel's murder, Kevin was texting Mark and said, like, what's up? You know, what you doing? And Mark replied with, quote, terrorizing the boroughs. Turn on the news. So Kevin, like, naturally turned on the news and he saw coverage of Jamil's murder. Mm-hmm. Mark is really feeling himself and bragging about what he's doing. So this kind of takes away his defense, essentially. Mm-hmm. And after Carl's murder, Kevin and Mark were texting again and Mark wrote to him, quote, I got the guy in the Bray that robbed us. Oh, so they think Carl robbed him. Yeah, he was referring to the jewelry store robberies. I guess he was saying, like, Carl said there was supposed to be more jewelry there than it was. I'm not really sure. He conjured this shit up and decided that Carl, you know, played them and got his revenge in the worst fucking way. 27 hits. Yeah. Yeah, he was pissed. Poor Carl. That must have been torture. I hope he died quickly. To That's the only saving grace. Yeah. A quick death. Really? So Kevin Williams was arrested for his part in the jury robberies, and when faced with the possibility of being charged with Courtney and Mike's murder as well, he decided to confess to the police that he was in fact there, and that Sparky is the one that killed the two men. And Sparky is, like I said, old ass nickname for Mark. Snitches. (laughs) He really did. And Kristen, you're right on the money, because... Right after Kevin spoke with the police, he was taken back to his cell and got severely beaten by Mark. So apparently Mark and Kevin were cellmates for a time and Mark had beat him up because he thought he snitched. Girl. <laughs> so like I'm I'm literally reading a gangster children's book. <laughs> you're you're uh, you're reading a how to be a gangster book for dummies. For dummies. Text textbook what you expect to happen oh my goodness yeah and kevin did snitch to be fair so if you stood on anything i mean him throwing up gang signs and the clip we played and all that type of stuff kevin seemed like he was about it about it but that's why i'm like kevin you let mark beat you up Mm -mm. i mean mark is bigger than kevin to be fair but at the same time i'm sure if you cracked him in the jaw one good time or in the right spot like you That's can what put I'm Mark like, down. Mark is giving clumsy, you know. Mm-hmm. Mark is Humpty giving... Dumpty after he was put back together. <laughs> definitely. Mark is giving, he moves slow. Mm-hmm. He waddles. He definitely <laughs> waddles. So during the trial, the judge referred to Mark as Mr. Murder mm. instead of Mr. Moore. He would correct himself, but nonetheless, he was saying it. And some present could have sworn Mark was taking pleasure and pride in the slip-up. I'm sure he was. Doesn't surprise me one fucking bit. He's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Kevin and his girlfriend were charged and convicted in connection to the robberies. Mark's girlfriend, Tassandra White, and his mother were charged with accessory charges. Now, I don't think his mom was convicted. I wasn't able to find, like, what happened to these two women. But they were at least facing some type of legal punishment for what they did. Mm. Well, I just don't know if they got it. Well, it's bold for them to try to get the mama. And she deserved it. She really got rid of evidence. She was probably helping Mark hide out when it took the police weeks to find him. So she's not innocent. No, she's not. 
Mark maintained his innocence throughout the trial and to this day, claiming that he's not some psychologically disturbed individual. He said, quote, I, Mark Garfield Moore, am devastated by the four victims' loss of life and the immense pain their loved ones must be feeling. I understand how hard it is to move on with your life following a tragic, untimely death. He referred to me as Mr. Murder on three or more occasions while instructing the jury. Justice has not been served. I will appeal. Okay. End quote. You do that, Mark, and let's see how far you get. Chris is not far. And I'm about to tell you. <laughs> so he also claimed that the only thing he was really guilty of is hanging out with the wrong crowd. I feel like that's something his mom had just been telling him forever. Everyone's parent has told him at one point in time, you're hanging out with the wrong crowd. Mm-hmm. That was probably all she kept telling him. And then... Then he gave her some jewelry on the side, and she shut up a yeah, little bit. Yeah, well, you're learning something from that wrong crowd. <laughs> just, just gross. A lot of the victim's family and friends were there, and when they heard him say this bullshit, they just started walking out, Kristen. <laughs> Literally while he's talking. He even said, quote, My talents had me on the right track, enabling me to explore musical endeavors with Toronto's own king of hip-hop, Drake. There was no mention of me graduating high school with honors or me pursuing a post-secondary education at Seneca College. Well, sir, to be fair, no one gives a shit about that. You're a murderer. Yeah. You could go to Harvard, ho, suck my ass. You're still going to jail. They have your voice on tape. Like that's that type of evidence is hard to fake. Exactly. And then mind you, when he called his girlfriend to be like, oh, change the documentation for the car color this was after the police already had that press conference and said hey we're looking for a blue honda mm-hmm. so you're telling her yourself the judge wasn't trying to hear any of it which i can understand i'm right there with them and said that mark's quote determination to show himself to be an authentic gangster who shakes the streets bespeaks a man who is so morally depraved and so utterly lacking in humanity that the 25-year minimum of parole and ineligibility is far more than justified, end quote. Period. So for killing four people, Kristen, he was always sentenced to 25 years in prison without the chance of parole, but it was still a life term. So after 25 years, he can be considered for parole, and it's a possibility that he could get the fuck out. I see. Otherwise, but, if he doesn't, he has to keep appealing and he's going to be there for life. And I'll just go tell you now, he appealed his case and it was denied. So he's basically going to be in there for, I guess, as long as he has to be until he's given parole. His main argument was the Mr. Murder remarks that the judge kept making when talking to the jury was really like messing with his ability to get off. It was kind of tainting the jury pool. And I can understand that calling someone a murderer when referring to them in a court of law is not okay. As the judge. <laughs> As the judge presiding, it's not giving. No. But it it wasn't enough for him to get a new trial, so his appeal was denied. And then on top of the twenty the life sentence with twenty five years until being eligible for parole, he was given a twelve year sentence for the jewelry store robberies. Like, so dang, like twelve yeah. years for stealing some 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 gold, but he gets twenty five years with a possibility of parole for taking four people's lives. Okay. Yeah. For black men's lives, to be fair. Still, like. And this this just makes me think of how everyone's having the discussion of Gunna and Young Thug being in jail for their rap lyrics, right? Because I didn't mention that Mark's rap lyrics were also used at court against him because he was rapping about killing people, rapping about pulling up on people and things like that. And, you know, do I agree with the prosecution, the government being able to use lyrics as a way to convict somebody? To be fair, why not, right? If your only way of creating artistry or creating music that people like is talking about the people that you killed or murdered, then I feel bad for you, son. 
I feel bad for you. So why not let the prosecution benefit from you snitching on yourself on some weird shit? And honestly, the whole freedom of speech thing, it's it's a joke nowadays because with cancel culture and all these things that can get you in trouble for what you say nobody has a freedom to to just say anything they want to say anyway so why are we holding artists to some standard of like oh well you can say you killed somebody on 23rd street in atlanta georgia but i can't use that against your open case get out of town right Right, right. And I know you guys are probably going to have so much to say about this. I will leave the conversation completely open. We're open to conversing with y'all. We love it. But y'all know where we stand on it. Don't be snitching on yourself, period, every time. Mm -hmm. And that's just what it is. Love you guys so much. Please let us know what you guys thought about this case. This was our case for this week. And yeah, we're super excited for the tickets to go on sale November 1st. That's super soon, you guys. Look out for them. They're going to be on our website and we're going to post on them on all our social media. So just follow us on social media. Poor Kristen. Also pray for Kristen and her allergies slash sickness. It's not allergies. It's pure nasty kids. (laughs) Yes. Thank you guys so much. We love you. And before we go, be safe. Protect your peace and protect your space so we don't have to cover your case. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can stream all of our episodes on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even Facebook. It's the best way to help the show grow and it's completely free. For bonus content, you can find us on Patreon and for more information about the show, you can visit blacktruecrime.com. See you next time.